Um, like just last week, I sent a glove out uh, to, you know, um, a man and his nephew. Uh, and, you know, the, the man's brother had passed away. And the son's name is, uh, or the nephew's name is Easton. And it was really important for me to, to get those gloves out there, which was at the request of somebody else. So like this other guy comes at me and he's asking these questions about this glove. And I say, hey man, like, would you mind doing an act of kindness for me? I will give you the glove that you're talking about, but in exchange, I need you to do me a favor. I would like you to do, commit to an act of kindness for a stranger without the possibility of reciprocation, you know, love for love's sake. And he's like, I will absolutely do that, but I'm left-handed. So, but I've got this guy and he's doing a great job as kind of a surrogate father for his brother that had passed away. Like it would really mean a lot if you sent it to them. And I'm like, done. And this is exactly the reason why I'm on this platform. This is the reason why, you know, part of me thinks that I exist. Um, I, I think that that baseball gloves are very special. And when you can attach that sort of kindness story to it, uh, you know, it, it, people appreciate the game. They appreciate the product um, and they just, you know, appreciate the world for what it is. Welcome to Spotlight by Plate Crate. The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! A podcast that shines some light on amazing people in the baseball world. Deja vu all over again, as uh, Yogi Berra would say. Introducing your host and the founder of Plate Crate, Josh Band. What's up, everybody? This is Josh from Plate Crate, and this is Spotlight, a podcast where we interview people in the baseball community, entrepreneurs, players, everything in between. We like to uh, shed a spotlight on interesting people and have awesome conversations with them. Uh, Today, we have an awesome guest. His name is Jay, and his Instagram handle is PickleTheBeast417. A lot of you might have seen his stuff and him talking about gloves and spreading kindness, and we're going to get all the way into that. Um, and honestly, Jay, we met, um, we met the ABCA and I was actually, I was talking to the baseballogist. We won't use his real name, even though we both know it. Um, and I was like, I don't know how to describe Jay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause everyone has such a clear cut, um, thing, right? When I interviewed the baseballogist, um, I was like, it's the first professional baseball fan. Um, but I will say, even though we're going to dive into everything that you do, I was like, I don't even know how to describe Jay. He's just Jay, um, and he does so much for the baseball community. So I'm super, super happy we got to connect and meet and spend some time together. Um, so welcome to the welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show. That's well, great, great to be here, Josh. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I, I um, I'll be honest with you. That's, I think that's kind of a compliment, right? I don't have like one specific thing that I kind of focus on. Uh, but yeah, I've never been like considered indescribable before. So, you know, I think that's, I think it's kind of funny actually. Yeah. Yeah. Cause everyone, everyone's so clear cut and you, you do something, you do lots of things that are, that are, are different and, and they're amazing. And we're definitely going to dig in, but, um, you know, I'm trying to find a, a good place to start. And I think it, it would work better if, if you could just describe, um, you know, what you do in the baseball community in your words. Sure. So, uh, my focus is on baseball glove education. Mm. Uh, I saw kind of a void a number of years ago with a lot of people that were asking questions, especially uh, a lot of younger players and trying to figure out what pattern made the most sense, what brand based on price point and the way that they hold their glove and what position. Uh, so I kind of felt like my niche in the baseball community was, you know, I have a very robust understanding of baseball gloves going back to you know the entire time I've been alive. And, um, I just kind of wanted to bring that forward on on social media, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. So, you know, I uh, I own a lot of baseball gloves, and it's kind of like a proliferation of that knowledge. And then I've also been able to use this platform positively for uh, spreading kindness and being able to uh, give away a lot of baseball gloves to people that need it, and also uh, just finding people that you know that that need that uh, act of kindness to kind of you know make the world better. So that's kind of been my um, passion project is to you know use baseball gloves to change the world nice i love it and we're going to keep talking about that i want to i want to go back a little bit right because you didn't just wake up one day and you're like i love gloves i'm going to just give them away to people because i'm a good dude (laughs) Um, you know so take us back you know what's your what's your background in baseball how did you get into the game 
um, whether playing, coaching, anything. And and how did you develop this love of gloves um, and then the education of gloves? Because, I mean, we talked we talked when we, when we went to Top Golf, and it was so much fun asking um, people who really know um, a lot about gloves questions because I I love gloves, but I it, it's it's not even compared to how many gloves you have, what you know about the history, the way they make it, the manufacturing, everything. So, give us the starting point. How how does someone get so attached to gloves and in baseball? Well, I mean that's a lot of that's a lot of different questions. Uh, but <laughs> we're gonna go we're gonna go you know that far back. Um, a lot of the education on gloves comes from not having them. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, you know, we were in a my, I have a twin brother and. Uh, my parents, they adopted us when they were 43 years old and we grew up in a lower middle class family and we didn't really have a lot. So, uh, we developed a love of baseball pretty early on, just, you know, playing a lot of different sports as kids. We were four sport athletes and all the way up through high school and, um, we didn't have a lot of money. So basically the, the money that I did spend essentially, I thought I was making a good investment at the time was I, I spent it all on baseball cards (laughs) and, uh, you know, I always wanted, you know, a really nice glove, but. Uh, we couldn't afford it, so I kind of started to study them. Uh, probably when I was about, you know, nine, ten, eleven. Um, I used to study baseball cards, so mm-hmm. I would, you know, find my favorite players and I'd look at the gloves that they were using, uh, and then I would just it would just kind of go from there. So uh, that's basically where the the idea or the education process started. And then it was always baseball gloves from a distance uh, until I got through college, uh, got my first job out of college, and I was like, oh, okay, I have my own income and started, you know, buying them and trading them and, you know, anywhere that I could go swap meets, you know, uh, flea markets, anywhere where I could kind of score some gloves that like I've seen before and I'd try and get educated on them. So uh, background of me is, you know, I was a, you know, a D3 center fielder uh, where I was able to play Washington College on the Eastern Shore of Maryland for four years. Uh, it was fantastic times, good baseball, and um, I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, I coached for a while. I uh, really like, you know, making that positive impression on kids and, and helping them get to the, ne- to the next level if I can. Uh, and I've been playing baseball. I haven't missed a season since I was four. So I'm still, <laughs> I'm still playing against the kids now. And at 37, it's a little bit tougher, but uh, I'm up for the challenge. Nice. Nice. That's a good background. And kind of something something I do want to highlight is, um, you know, almost, you know, you had it seems like from your story, you had kind of just a normal pathway, but somewhere along the lines, you went from normal glove person to abnormal glove person in the best way possible. You know, what, what was that? You know, was it your first glove that you had where you said, this is something really different and special? Um, or did it just kind of develop over time and you started buying gloves when you got your own income and, uh, and you just love the process of it. But, you know, was there a switch that went off in your head and you're like, I'm a glove guy. I love this. It's something I'm passionate about because it is, it's an obscure hobby, but obviously, you know, you're the people you're talking to right now are baseball nerds. If you're listening to this podcast, right. you're, you're in your free time. You're listening to interviews about people in the baseball community and coaches and, and, and people that are obsessed. So I use baseball nerd in like the most loving way possible. Cause I am one. Um, That's, I mean, it's, a that? huge, it's a huge compliment. I think. Yeah. So don't worry about it. I take no yeah. offense to that. Yeah, but what was what was the switch? You know, maybe take us through what was the first, for lack of a better term, big boy glove you put on. You know, what was that, and how did you pick it? Um, so I guess one of the first gloves that I had was in high school. Uh, I had saved up. You know, I worked. For, I was like I was fifteen, sixteen. I worked for two years at Chuck E. Cheese to save up to, for a you know a good glove, and uh, it was a heavily oil injected uh, Wilson A twenty forty five. Uh, it wasn't like a high quality A2000. It was very heavy. Uh, it was a fastback, but it had the dial fit system that Wilson had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you tighten the wrist, uh, it tightens on your your fingers uh, and wrist. And um, that was one that I really, really liked. And I used that one for high school. And then my center fielder who went on to set records at George Mason University, he had this incredibly light glove and it was a Mizuno Vintage Pro. And uh, I was like, man, that glove is awesome. I gotta, I gotta get one of those so I continue to save up money. Uh, and that's a, that was a vintage pro, uh, MVT twelve seventy nine. It was very light. They advertised it as like, you know, it's like a, just got these little skeletal fingers. It's very thin, but it's a full trap. So it got really, really deep and it turned into like a lacrosse stick pocket. But it lasted me two and a half years in college. So mm-hmm. I think that that's when um, I had a little bit more awareness was. 
when I was working and kind of how do I spend my money on this stuff? Uh, that's kind of when like the idea of financing the gloves started, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. But really after college and the advent of, you know, just jumping on uh, social media is where I got a chance to make an impact. Uh, in between that time, it was just a lot of, you know, acquiring a lot of different patterns and uh, giving those away to kids. And uh, there was never really like an extensive collection. But I think that over the years, I've used social media to, you know, educate people on gloves, acquire a lot of gloves. Um, you know, the reach that all the companies have and other people have is pretty immense. So uh, I'm, I guess I'm a sucker because there's like a hundred baseball gloves in this house. So <laughs> they got, they got me. So as a consumer, yeah. I would, I wouldn't say they got you. I think, I think you're, you're getting the better end of the stick right now, but, um, but let, let's, let's talk about what you just said with, with social media and everything. Right. So, um, you know, you started to acquire gloves, you hop on social media, um, you know, and when one of the things that you really don't publicize that much is how many gloves you give away, um, you know, but I'm kind of publicizing it right now since we're <laughs> recording a podcast. Um, so forgive That's me. Fair. Um, but you know what, you know, why did you join social media? And you said, you know, right on your social media, you said baseball gloves can change the world. You told me baseball gloves can change the world. Um, why can baseball gloves change the world? You know, I'm, I'm a stranger to a, a lot of people and I, you know, a lot of people just, they don't really know me. They know like baseball gloves. Right. And I'm, Kind of a baseball glove specific account uh the more people and relationships i've been able to develop and even if i don't know you if i get a good read uh on your character and you know you're asking good questions and um you're not like coming to me and you know i get a lot of people that ask me for a free glove that that happens naturally but um really i just kind of want to show the power of kindness to strangers uh and get to know other people's stories and you know, I think the baseball gloves tell really fun and really interesting and deep, rich stories. And mm -hmm. I'd like to use baseball gloves so they can so they can have a story of their own. And and I'm kind of a part of it. So um, like just last week, I sent a glove out uh, to, you know, um, a man and his nephew. Uh, and, you know, the, the man's brother had passed away and the son's name is uh, or the nephew's name is Easton. And it was really important for me to to get those gloves out there, which was at the request of somebody else. So like this other guy comes at me and he's asking these questions about this glove. And I say, Hey man, like, would you mind doing an act of kindness for me? I will give you the glove that you're talking about, but in exchange, I need you to do me a favor. I would like you to do commit to an act of kindness for a stranger without the possibility of reciprocation, you know, love for love's sake. And he's like, I will absolutely do that, but I'm left-handed. So but I've got this guy and he's doing a great job as kind of a surrogate father for his brother that had passed away. Like it would really mean a lot if you sent it to them. And I'm like, done. And this is exactly the reason why I'm on this platform. This is the reason why, you know, part of me thinks that I exist. Um, I, I think that that baseball gloves are very special. And when you can attach that sort of kindness story to it, uh, you know, it, people appreciate the game. They appreciate the product um, and they just, you know, appreciate the world for what it is. I mean, it's not, not always easy out there, but sometimes like a, a pick me up from somebody that you don't know can mean a lot. So it's kind of like, you know, I want to create that initial splash and then just kind of have that ripple out for, you know, through eternity. Yeah. I mean, I, lo I love that. And number one, as, as someone in the baseball community and especially with plate crate and everything, um, you know, you, I, I've come across you organically and then meeting you was so much fun and, and, uh, and, and, you know, doing some, some driving range stuff and, and being with the baseballogist and, you know, I, we were bound to meet each other eventually because we, we run in kind of the same yeah, circles. Yeah. But um, when I kind of really dug into what you're doing, I was like, what you're doing is so different. Lots of people give gloves away. But the the thing that I noticed the most about what you just said is with no reciprocation. Right. Um, and I think that that's an important part. Right. Because if you're giving something away with, you know, asking for something in exchange, it's obviously it's not it's, it's not for loving kindness, but what I want to touch on is where, where did you develop that? Where did, who, who taught you that that's good? And, and, you know, do you have examples of that growing up or, or how did you, how did you become a person that wants to, you know, spread loving kindness? Well, that's my parents. I mean, it's a hundred percent my parents, you know, we growing up, like I said, you know, we didn't have a lot. And even with this, with what we did have, uh, we still gave a lot of it away. You know, we worked a lot with, uh, you know, the, the local church, the local uh, homeless shelter, 
Um, and you know, my my mom, you know, Betty and Vince, they they really instilled in my brother and I um, that kindness wins. And you know, it's just to be a good person and treat other people the way that you want to be treated. And they really instilled that that groundwork, that framework, that fundamental of of kindness in me. And I always felt that you know, when I got older and you know had an income, that I would carve pieces of that. Um, a way to be able to do good unto other people. So it's entirely up to them. You know, I have a lot of support from my beautiful wife, Stacy, and uh, she's amazing about this because there's a lot of gloves that, that come into this house. And um, she always asks what it's going to be used for. You know, is it going to be used for kindness? Am I going to break it in and test it out? So, I mean, she knows she, we've been together since the first week of college in 2001. So she and I have been through it, you know, every, it's going to be our 19th year together in our, 13th being married so that's that's impressive you know, we've, we've been going Congrats. we've been doing this thing thank you we've been doing this for a long time together and i think that she knows that you know it, it's not purely altruistic because it makes it makes me very happy mm -hmm. um so this is i want to give as much of myself that i can and yeah it's just it's a thing right it's a physical thing it's a product um but i think that uh the things that i've kind of acquired the important things to share it uh with other people so you know, I've learned a lot from my wife, my brother, and my parents, and uh, I think that they're they're the root uh, of it all. So that immediate family, they're the one, they're the reason why I kind of ended up this way. Yeah, and I mean, you, you and you have kids too. You have two kids, yep. right? Um, yeah. And obviously, this is something that you want to pass down. But um, you know, this this is this is something that you want your kids to learn, and and hopefully all kids learn because you're using your social media as a platform, but. Um, you know, what are you, what are you trying to teach them? And, and to, to add to that question, are they playing baseball right now? Are they playing softball? Um, and, you know, do you coach and how do you, how do you kind of mix all these worlds together? Yeah. So obviously we want to instill like that, the kindness gene in them. We want to make sure that, you know, they know to be nice to other people. And uh, my daughter is going to be six in April. My son's going to be two in March. So my son certainly doesn't understand all of it just yet, but the fact that he, you know, wants to, you know, give my daughter Austin hugs and sit with her and hang out with her and not just like go off and do his own thing. Mm -hmm. And my daughter just takes such good care of him. And uh, the, 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 the big sister, little brother dynamic is, is very strong with the two of them. So I'm just so happy for that. Uh, and yeah, we do want to push that. We do want them uh, to grow up and, and be the kinder person uh, and kind of show what, you know, good high quality character looks like and um, just make sure that it reflects on them and not, you know, not reflect like on us. We don't really want any credit for that. Like my parents wouldn't want any credit for how I turned out, but uh, I guess I was a, a tough to deal with at times. So maybe, maybe they would want a little <laughs> bit of credit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just want to, you know, push forward with that and uh, have them be the, live the best lives that they can um, for as long as they can. Uh, I, you know, my daughter, uh, can throw really well and she's really fast, but the inclination to play ball isn't there yet. Um, my son swings a 33-30 right now in our basement. So he's swinging a bat, he's throwing a lot, and it's completely unsolicited. So he, he can say glove, baseball, throw, you know, bat. He swings everything. So the problem is that everything that's cylindrical like that, like a like a broom, like everything is a bat to him. So I think I'm I think that uh, I need to set some ground rules in terms of what's baseball related and what's like a cleaning, you know, <laughs> apparatus. So, cause right now, anything that's like shaped like a baseball, he's going to throw it. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, maybe I need to set some rules, but yeah, so I, I think he's probably going to play ball. And then my daughter is probably, she's going to be a gymnast, I think. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I mean, he will learn. I I'm 29. I still, if there's anything shaped like a bat, even sometimes with a pen, I, I still oh, try yeah. to go over some some yeah. movements. You know what I mean? I'll still it. make field to ground ball on my way out of the office later. <laughs> like it's just it's just ingrained in you. So he's he's learning early. So yeah, that uh, I'm 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 excited to see what his first glove's gonna be. Um, yeah, he's got one. Um, you know, like that's a thing. Like I've had a really good relationship over the years with baseball glove companies, and you know Rawlings sent one for for Austin and uh, uh, when she was born and. And Easton sent one for Drew when he was born. So, um, you know, I think he's, I think he's, he's got his own glove. Um, a baseball doesn't fully fit in it, but he, he definitely knows that he has one and he knows where it is. So, yeah. so he's, he's got it. So, That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Um, 
Cool. Well, the kind of the next thing I want to talk about is um, when I talk to the baseballist. Again, it's weird to call him just the baseballist because we know his name. We'll reveal um, it sometime, I guess. <laughs> we'll let him do that. Yeah. Um, we could just surprise him and just and just drop it on here and say you're out there. Uh, <laughs> and just watch him squirm. But anyway, he says you're the reason he takes a glove everywhere with him. And uh, I thought that was so funny because um, cause I, I know you did the the bus stop series. I went back and I yeah. scrolled through all the different stuff. And we looked at the, bu- looked at the bus stop series, which I definitely want you to tell people about because um, – Everyone that's listening right now, I, 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 at the end of the podcast, I want everyone to go follow you and support you with what you're doing. But um, they're going to get a kick out of the bus stop series. I thought that was pretty cool. But do you carry a glove everywhere you go? And how did that start? And when did that start? So I, I do carry a glove everywhere that I go. I'm actually I'm going to uh, Michigan this weekend. Uh, my brother is getting married. And my wife and I were arguing two days ago about what glove I can bring, but the problem is we're packing so light that what I'm bringing is like a, a trinket of a baseball glove that was made for me in St. Louis. And I'm kind of disappointed because I can't bring a full size glove with me to Michigan. But, you know, this is what I this is what I get when, um, you know, when compromises need to be made. But <laughs> yeah, for the for the most part, you know, I'm there's a glove. And, and the thing is, it's not like in the car. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just naturally with me. And there's a handful of other guys that are the same exact way. You know, there's a couple of guys on Instagram where, you know, it's with them for their morning commute. It's with them when they're playing with their kids. It's just an extension of their body. So I know for a fact that I'm not alone uh, in this sickness, I guess. Um, But as far as baseball just goes, I think that, you know, he has a much deeper appreciation for baseball gloves. Uh, I've definitely tried to show him the ins and outs of different patterns and brands and uh, I think that he totally gets all of that. And uh, it was really wonderful. He spent a week uh, at my house over the summer and we really got, got really got into it from glove break in to different patterns and stuff like that. So I think that as he developed that appreciation, he, the desire for him to carry one with him kind of grew. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably mm-hmm. always inside of him, but he didn't really know it was there. And then once it was, I think that, you know, now, now he's doing it as well. I think it's great. Yeah. Or, yeah. Not, or, not, I, or not great. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing great, but he goes, he's, he's like, he's like, Jay carries a glove everywhere. And now I carry a glove everywhere because of it. But I think the, the reason why is something that you just touched on is, um, you know, the more you know about something, the more you can appreciate it, right? You know so much about gloves. So you have such a great appreciation for it. And it's kind of like, um, if you're really good at the violin, you can appreciate really good violin music. Um, and right. I know nothing about violin music. That's a weird example, really, but I don't. That's like the only metaphor I could come up with. But you know, I feel like you are giving people that education, which in turn is letting them appreciate, um, you know, not only gloves but baseball and kind of what the gloves represent. I'm so happy I got to ask you the question of, um, you know, how can gloves change the world? Because I wanted to ask you so much more when we were together in uh, in Nashville, um, but I, I figured we'd save it for the podcast because I think. What you're doing is is not only, um, you know, helping people appreciate baseball more, but helping people appreciate, um, you know, that baseball can just be a tool that you use to spread love and kindness, which is what you're doing, which I think is really amazing. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. A lot yeah, of people, absolutely. you know, a lot of people believe, and this is where kind of the roads diverge, is a lot of people believe that baseball is, you know, a, like a metaphor uh, for life. And I kind of disagree with that because I think that there's nothing replacing life itself. And I firmly believe that, you know, we should wake up excited to just be here. Uh, and if we're, and if we're lucky enough to play the the beautiful game of baseball, that's just a huge, huge positive. And there's, if there's anything we can contribute to that, again, that's just a huge you know value added there. And uh, that's really just kind of the way I, I look at it. I love being able to play baseball. I love being able to talk about baseball, talk about baseball gloves and, kind of educate people and then talk to people through email, direct messages. I do a lot of like phone consultations with parents. Um, it's just a, it's just a lot of fun. And, and the fact that I get to do it, I'm just so thankful that anybody, even like yourself, I'm so thankful for this. I'm thankful that, that you care about my story. Uh, I never really thought that this is where I would be, that somebody would. So <laughs> I'm legitimately just super happy to, to be like here. You know, you can't be anywhere else, but where your feet are. And I'm just happy that my feet are right here, you know, talking with you about this stuff it really 
you know, makes me very happy. So, so thanks. Yeah, man, this is, this is fun. This is fun. And that's such a great outlook on, on, on everything. And I love that, that kind of life, life is the metaphor for life. That's a, that's a great right. point. Um, I do have one question. Um, why, yeah. and this is like, there's no segue in this. I'm just going to go yeah, right yeah. to a different question. Talking about life. Now we're talking about leather, right? Yeah. So that's no problem. Good segue. Yeah. I'll um, set it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> you pretty much covered everything yeah. so eloquently. I'm like, you know what? You nailed it. I'm just going to move on. Um, so why do you never golf without batting gloves now? Yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, I always golf with batting gloves. Uh, when I was in eighth grade, I went to a driving range for the first time. Uh, and I remember I was with my brother and this guy, Brett Adams, and his, we borrowed his dad's clubs and he had a big Bertha Callaway, like a Callaway, big Bertha three wood. Um, and I'm like 14 and you know, I don't know how to hit a golf ball. And I remember two things happened. One, we broke that club afterward. But before that, I don't know how to, his dad was showing me how to like interlock your hands when you hit a golf ball, which was totally uncomfortable and unconventional to me. It was so unorthodox. So I just said, I'm just going to swing regularly. And I let go of the club on the, on the driving range and everything had to stop. So this dumb kid who doesn't know what he's doing launched a three wood into the middle of the driving range. Whistles were going off. People were yelling. Um, everybody's groaning because now they have to stop hitting. And they're just looking at these three kids and their, this kid's dad. And, you know, God bless Mr. Adams for not just taking us behind the tool shed and, and just giving us what for, but yeah, <laughs> we, we, we thanked him for that by hitting it into the ground and we broke the, head off of that club anyway so i don't know how much that cost but that was not not a good experience uh so since then and i don't golf very often but since then uh i only golf with with two two batting gloves 100 yeah. percent. no if, if i don't have access to two batting gloves i'm not playing golf so it's not gonna that's not gonna change ever i'm yeah. never gonna i'm never you gonna you definitely swing. had batting gloves when we were in nashville right Yes, definitely. 100%. Because I, I, I remember yeah. thinking, I just met you. We're at a Top Golf for for people who are listening, which I, I I've never been to a Top Golf. That Top Golf that was really fun. I don't golf really, um, and I was like, this guy's got two batting gloves on right now. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like I didn't think there was a yep. story behind it. I just thought it's how you roll. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't don't judge a book by its cover. There's a very <laughs> deep ingrained fear of letting a club go. And the thing is, when we when you're when you're at like the second or third level on a Top Golf. Like and I, I like going to Top Golf, right? It's it's very low pressure, it's very social, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just so bad at it that, again, the fear every time that I'm about to swing a golf club is, you're gonna let this thing go. It's gonna fly down three stories, and the same thing. Is, it might even go into one of those you know holes that they're scoring on. Yeah. So that's like you know it's a huge fear that I have, and uh, it comes back every time that I'm about to hit one. So, you know, I definitely gotta work on it. I don't golf a lot, so not a whole lot of opportunities to work on it. But, um, yeah, that's that's a real fear that I have. So. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm glad I asked that. <laughs> yeah, it's um, not awesome, but, I mean, thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome It's awesome for me that, that you get to tell the story so me and everybody on the podcast can, can yeah. have a good laugh. Well, at you or with you, however you want to. At, hey, at, at me's fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'd like to get better at golf, but, you know, if I can still hit a fastball, then I kind of don't want to, so – yeah. One day I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot and really go in in earnest, uh, but right now I'm terrible and that's all right. Yeah, so. maybe maybe next ABCA I'll we'll go to a batting cage. That seems like a little bit more. Yeah, that would be a lot. That would be a that would, I'm let's do that. Yeah, we'll get, also, we'll get pizza also with ABCA is gonna be in my neck of the woods in 2021. So where's you know, that? It's gonna be in DC. Oh, all right. I'm with it. I'll be there. I'll be out here. I'll be there. Yeah. ABC is American baseball. Gonna, baseball I think baseball is just going to end up staying in my house again. So yeah, if you're watching this baseball. Just <laughs> he's <instead>. he's going <laughs> to watch it. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, the the next thing I want to dive into is um, a charity that you work with. I don't even know if I, if if it is a charity, but I, I want I want to you know you to tell people about it. Um, Sam Folds T1D, um, yeah. his camps, everything, and I actually have. Um, a story about Sam Folds because I'm sure you got to meet him at all the camps and everything. Um, so Sam Fold grew up in uh, New Hampshire yep. and he played for an AU team called the Lightning. Um, and I played for an AU team called the Lightning. Sam's a little bit older than me, 
Um, but thanks. Sam we're is the same, we're the same age, but thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you're a little older than me too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but and then I think Sam went to Stanford. Yep. So I idolized Sam Fold when I was like 12. Um, before he got drafted, before he went to Stanford, everything. Um, he we used to hit together when I was really little. And I was like, this guy is like five six, five seven. He's fast. He's a lefty like me. And he was the nicest person I think I've ever met. He helped me work on the tee, and he was just like the nicest guy. He made such an impression on me that I, all I wanted to do was go to Stanford after he committed there. I was like, I just want to do what Sam Fold does. Um, so when I found out you did a lot of work with them, and that's why you're in Florida, which I didn't know because we talked last week right. um, for his camp. But I just wanted to let you know that Sam Sam was someone who I really looked up to, and um, he would probably remember me as like the annoying little – Baseball nerd from Extra Innings Middleton um, a long time ago. But uh, so, so randomly, when I was playing indie ball, and I think, is he in the Tampa area? Uh, he's He works in Philadelphia now, but he originally was from, you know, Jupiter. Um, yeah. And he, when he was with the Rays. So, yeah. yeah so, he's, in, he's in Philly now. Yeah. So he was um, he was hitting in like a batting cage. And I, I went in um, just to take like a little bit of a BP, and he was there. So it was, I don't He's just like an awesome guy. And then after after looking at his, you know, the website and what they do and and seeing that you're involved with them, I, I thought that was a kind of a cool story. And Sam Fold is, I mean, just a class act. Um, yeah. But yeah, Sam's been a friend you... of mine. Sam's been a yeah. friend of mine for about five years now. Um, going back to I think 2014, 2015. Uh, my best friend JD Wilcox pitched at Stanford and he was a teammate of Sam's. Uh, and they went to College World Series a bunch of times and unfortunately didn't bring home the hardware. Um, but JD was their closer. And, uh, so he asked me one day after Thanksgiving, uh, back in like 2014, Hey, you want to go and, and, and play wiffle ball? And I said, yeah, who doesn't want to play wiffle ball? He's like, great. It's in Florida. And, uh, <laughs> it's for, you know, for Sam's, you know, uh, it's kind of a, a charity wiffle ball tournament with a lot of professional players mm -hmm. that was generating money for the Sanfold T1D sports camp, which is at the university of South Florida. Um, and that was a really big moment for me because when I was down there uh, with some great people and I saw all of these, you know, young kids that were you know, testing their blood sugars and they're on continuous glucose monitors and they were injecting themselves with insulin. I was talking to parents and uh, it's something that you just can't walk away from like unscathed. You know, it's the, the type of thing where, you know, Sam was diagnosed with uh, type one diabetes when he was 10 and he manages it as best as he can to this day. Uh, and it's, it's a lifetime. So, you know, trying to understand what these kids went through and talking to their parents and some of those parents were like, I have never, I have not slept more than two hours consecutively since my son or since my daughter was diagnosed. And, uh, as a parent, you just, your heart breaks for that anxiety for, for what they're going through. Um, let alone trying to teach their kids that like, you know, it's a superpower. It's not a problem. It's not debilitating. It's not going to hold you back. Don't let anything in life hold you back not this. And, um, I've been participating in the, the Sanfold T1D sports camp ever since. And, uh, yeah, it was just, I just got back two days ago and three days ago. Uh, and it's just a, just a super empowering weekend. It's just a, a fantastic time for these kids to come together as a community. Cause a lot of them don't know any other type one diabetics besides like themselves or maybe one other person. So it's a great opportunity for these kids to find that community, to find that, you know, collective hope together. Uh, and it's a it's a really it's a very almost emotional weekend, but it's it's great for these kids. Uh, it's great for the parents. There's a lot of medical staff, um, and USF is a great you know diabetic facility. Uh, endocrine, endo, their endocrinology department is top notch in the region. So, um, but yeah, I've been doing that for a number of years, and uh, I do a lot of charity work with them and um, give a lot of money to them through baseball gloves and um, acts of kindness. We get donations from companies and. It, that's where it all goes. So, yeah, man, that's fantastic, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you got to to tell us a little bit more about it because I know you have the link right up on, um, on your Instagram at pickle the beast, uh, four one seven. You want something? You want? I mean, if Sam Fold is your hero, you want something from Sam? You want? You want <laughs> I, like? You I don't want, want anything from Sam. I want to get in touch with okay. Sam. Um, okay, it's not a problem. From, uh, to to give to him. I mean, he's he's doing the work. You're doing the work. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, like if you want like a, you know, so. Like as part of like the the outreach and stuff like that, um, you know, Sam gave me his gear bag from his time with the uh, Oakland A's, 
Yeah. And he signed a bunch of stuff and he's like, I don't know anybody who would want this, but you know, <laughs> do what you can. Um, but we were able to make a huge, huge impact, like sending some of that stuff to, I sent it to a gentleman up in Massachusetts and I didn't even realize that he was the father of a, a type one diabetic daughter named Alana. Wow. And he, and he makes handcrafted. There's a guy for your podcast mm-hmm. is William Peebles, Huntington baseball company. He makes his own baseballs. He makes baseballs. And I was like, hey, I know you're uh, a Sam Fult fan um, here. And he was like, oh, my God, you have no idea what this means because my daughter looks up to Sam because he is a type 1 diabetic. And so I just went nuts over this. And, you know, we flew him and his daughter down and they went to camp uh, a year ago. So he couldn't make it this year. But that's the type of impact that I'm interested in making and, you know, using baseball and baseball products and stuff like that to generate that relationship, to be able to change somebody's life that way positively. That's what it's all about. So, you know, if I can give you a bat or give you a cleat or something like that, that he signed, like, you know, if that would make a difference in your life and, and I promote that to you and Hey, now you're on the hook to commit to an act of kindness um, for a complete stranger. That's what makes the world go round. And that's where that ripple effect comes out. And Sam would be proud to, to have you own something like that. So, you know, that's, that's not a big deal. We can make that happen real quick. Yeah, man. I love that. I love that. And I would love to connect with Sam and see how play Crate can get involved with, with, um, you know, the T1D camp. Sure. Um, but you see, you what, see what you like, have to do yeah. there. You see like those, those thoughts come up where you're just like, how, how can we use this conversation to get Josh involved? How we, can we, you know, use some of this stuff that exists and you're a Sam Fold fan. I have Sam Fold stuff. Like, you know, we've got Sam Fold on, baseball gloves for crying out loud like that's, that's that was right next to you that's yeah. crazy yeah. well i mean I, there's gloves everywhere but like yeah. you know rawlings has been so integral to like the fundraising process as well and my friend chad out of kalamazoo michigan um but we were able to put this logo that it's him laying out against uh the chicago white Sox in 2011 a ball that juan pierre hit and if you look up sam fultz highlights it, it was an inning ending just full extension layout on the warning track uh with the bases loaded and I you know, remember if, it. <laughs> if we can, hey, if we, yeah. that's, that's where that comes from. That's that logo. If we can use something like that to make a difference in somebody's life and kind of get you on the hook for something like that in terms of kindness, then we win. Mm. But that's all it is. It's just stuff, but it can transcend, you know, what that thing actually is to be something a lot more meaningful. So I'm constantly thinking when I have these conversations in direct message or when I get these emails or when I do these consultations about how can I get to that place where we can inject a little bit of, our own humanity to say, do me a favor. Would you do me a favor, please? It would mean a lot to me. Uh, it's just a baseball glove, but we can turn it into so much more than that. Uh, and it has a lot, a very positive effect on the kids. So I think it's, um, you know, I try, I try and be smooth with it. Sometimes it doesn't work, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's a large ripple effect and we're trying to make it go out as far as we can. I love it, man. I love it. And, and we'll definitely connect after this and, and talk about how we can get in, how I can get involved more with Sam and, and how play create. And I'm there's, you know, we'll, we'll get something together where, where we can all, um, you know, give stuff away or, 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 or contribute. Cause, um, sure. it, it does. Great. And I mean, even, I mean, for, for me personally, even though, you know, th- this interview is about you, um, the energy that you bring is so contagious. You know what I mean? Nice. Even just you sharing your stories. I hope everyone listening is, is really taking it in and, um, you know, thinking about what you're doing because, you know, you're, you're giving a glove to some person and they're giving a glove to some person. That's kind of like a one-to-one thing. Um, which is why I really wanted you on this podcast because now it's, it's more than a one-to-one thing. I hope everyone from this podcast really takes to heart what you're saying. And if they want to use baseball as that vehicle, um, you know, for the, for love and kindness and spreading it, so be it, or, or, you know, maybe it's something else. Maybe it has nothing to do with sports. Maybe it's, you know, holding a door for someone. But Hey, um, I want it, I don't want it to be associated with baseball, to be honest with you. Um, a lot of people that, that, that they're like, oh, I can throw BP for an hour or two, um, you know, another team. And I'm like, hey, that's great. Let's think outside <laughs> the box a little bit. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything against it. That's awesome. Like, that's a good use of your time. Uh, it doesn't need to buy, be financial. But I want you to think outside of the realm of baseball and focus on in kindness in another area, another lane uh, in your life. And people are volunteering at soup kitchens. They're working at homeless shelters. You know, uh, one thing that I do when I go to another place, like my friend Dutch Whitaker, 
uh, we met at ABCA. You met him um, yep. at, at Top Golf. Yeah. Well, what we did when we first flew in, he was coming from Oklahoma. The first thing that we did when we're kind of strangers in a strange land is we worked for four hours at a homeless shelter mm-hmm. in Nashville because we, we know that we're going to do this baseball thing, but like, let's really get the most out of it and understand what the community is going through, like the local populace is going through and understand that there's, there is hardship as well as, you know, like capitalism, right? So uh, helping as many people as we can, that's the goal. So, you know, the people that I talked to, they were like, oh, if you're from out of town, like, yeah, I, I just landed and now I'm here mm-hmm. because that's just something we can do. And if you get into that mindset of kindness and kickstart yourself, if that glove that I give you, if that bat that I give you can kickstart that in your brain, then man, we're, we're winning all kinds of ways. So that's what's really important to me is to just change people's mindset a little bit. Um, it's tough to be selfish about a lot of different things, but if we just kind of stop and think about the impact that we're going to you know, try and leave on the world, then I think that it really does change people's perceptions on kind of how they, they view everything. So like, my mindset's been changed for a long time, but if I can change that one person, man, it, it makes all the difference. It's amazing. That's amazing. It's a, it's a great message to spread. So number one, thank you. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm happier on, I think, I think it's a good time right now um, to go into some rapid fire questions. If, if you're in another perfect segue, Josh, I mean, you're just killing it with the segues, man. Right through. <laughs> you give us the gold and then I segue out of yeah. it. <laughs> It'll be edited to look a lot cleaner. <laughs> Honestly, no editing. I just like the, I like the conversations. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like the conversations we're having. I try to, to leave out any editing. Um, unless you need to get up and go do something, we'll, we'll leave everything in. Fine. I'm fine with it. I like the yeah. stutters. I like the, Do every it. time I mess up or, or anything, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, you, are you ready for some just rapid fire things? Sure. Yeah, cool. sure. Let's um, do it. how many, how many gloves do you currently have? Um, 105. 105. All right. How I'm many sorry, gloves? 100, it's 101 because I gave yep. away four four last it's like a hundred yeah like a hundred and yeah. actually i mean i knew this was rapid fire but this is what always happens with rapid fire questions i i just want to ask questions during them sure um, yeah. so the the you said you just gave away four gloves um right. you know who who did you give those to and how do you pick the people that you that you give gloves to so it was like i said uh the four people i guess um I don't know if they're going to put it up there on their social media. It doesn't really matter. I, it's not really what I'm looking for, but uh, a hitting coach um, who was formerly a teacher who has been a, a friend of mine for a couple of years. Um, we actually became friends because of a different act of kindness and he kind of bought into it and doing a lot more with his kids. So a lot of times when people come back to me with those stories and we re- revisit those things, I mean, it kind of goes right back out and he does a lot more and he's empowered to do more. Um, but now he got hired by my team, the Baltimore Orioles, to be a, a, a class A hitting coach um, and he needed a glove. So uh, I asked him what kind of brands he was into and uh, I sent him a, a 11 three quarter inch H web as a Mizuno pro and uh, and a jacket and said, you know, thanks. And he actually sent me a sweatshirt out of the blue today that I got, yeah. so that's really cool. Um, another glove which went to Midland, Texas was um, for a, another teacher uh, at a private school there. And, you know, I kind of challenged him to do something to help one of his kids. And he gave away one of his gloves to a kid who was an outfielder, but he was using an infielder's glove. So he gave him his own outfielder's glove. Uh, so I wanted to kind of replace that and send that out to him. Uh, and then the other two were for the other individual. Like I said, uh, a gentleman named Brandon hit me up about an Easton glove. He was talking about the outfield pattern. I told him what I liked and what I didn't like. And he's left-handed, but I wanted to give him that glove. And it turns out he can't use it. But he recommended that I give a, a, a glove to his friend, Josh. Um, and I learned about their story and kind of the tragedy there um, with Josh's brother, Jeff. Uh, and I can't sit idly by and just watch that happen and be like, oh, that sucks. Like, I wrote him a, a nice letter. I mean, I'm a twin brother myself. I mean, it means so much to have my brother Tommy in my life. Um, so I, I sent a glove. The son's name is the, the the nephew's name is Easton. So I sent them both a, an Easton glove, um, and uh, you know I I let Easton know about that too because they like the good news stories every now and then, and they're very impressed um, that with Josh, not with me. 
mm-hmm. uh, because it really takes a, a strong human being in the face of that tragedy to rise up and help his sister-in-law and help his nephew. Um, so, you know, again, to show the power and the kindness of strangers that like, I, I see you I, and, and I, I'm, I'm empathetic to what's going on and, and I, I see you, man. And like, keep, keep working hard. It means, it means a lot to see that. Um, so those are the four gloves that I, I gave away last week. Uh, awesome. As far as, as far as picking the people they're really, it's not rocket surgery. I mean, I scroll through a lot of, uh, Instagram <laughs> and I take a look at a lot of profiles and, and people that are, you know, real people that are not just like baseball fans, but a lot of people that strike up conversations with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, they're not looking for anything. Like if I can tell that you're not looking for something, like I'm gonna bring kindness to your door. Like that's, that's how that works. Like the people that want nothing for some reason, like I'm going to give them everything if they go a step further. So, like I said, it's not pure altruism because I want you to do something for me, but the thing that I want you to do, I don't want to have it to come back to me. You know what I mean? So, Oh, and I also send a, a trainer out, uh, and some some gear out to a a man in Nevada and his um, his kids. Um, so, you know, it's basically one of those. He wanted to get involved. He didn't really want anything out of it. And I was like, well, tough luck, <laughs> tough luck man. That's that's not the game I play. So uh, he was talking about trainers. I mean, I've had to get people's addresses by like you know covert action. I've had to go in and and ask people that know them, friend some of their friends, and be like, hey, like this is what I'm doing, like. I'd like to surprise this person. Um, I'm not crazy, but but that has happened. Like people <laughs> shut me down. Like the first glove I ever gave away, I had like um, maybe like two dozen followers on Instagram. And uh, I was too, just too naive. And I had this brand new glove. It was 11 and a half inch Wilson A2000 OTIF, a full trap infielder's glove. And I was like, I'm gonna give this glove away. And I found this kid locally that his glove was kind of beat but he was playing for a top-notch private school um and i kind of know the deal at that school and and i hit him up and uh he he thought that i was insane to the point where um he was you know cautious but listening his mom called me so like and i was like oh man i i didn't realize that what i'm doing is kind of weird uh (laughs) and i don't have like i don't have like a hundred thousand followers where i can be like hey i'm this company you win like Hey, I'm a, I'm a dude, like you win. Like I just found you by accident. Uh, his mother understood and I went to a rival high school and you know, she, she got it. And then as soon as he got the glove, I think he blocked me on Instagram. I was like, Oh, it's gone. That's fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that happens sometimes. So they, they know it's, that was one of those, like, I need to change my method a little bit, but I still have it. So, you know, not too many people think I'm, everybody thinks I'm insane, but, but not in like that sort of way. But I definitely have had to talk to a number of parents um, you know, one parent was like the guy that I was trying to give the glove to was like 40 and his, his dad wanted to talk to me and he was like 86, uh, <laughs> which turned into a really, really great conversation. But like, yes, I'm a real person. No, I'm not a Russian spam bot. And I, I think your son is real cool. I think he can do great things. And I like to kind of reward his kindness by an act of kindness of my own. So, you know, it, it'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> So, yeah, and the, the the craziness is now an endearing craziness, not like a. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> people people they people that know me know that I do this, but if you don't know that this is kind of like, I I I've been trying in in 2020 and, and late last year to do more projecting of these acts of kindness without, you know, when you write the narrative, you don't want to look like you're entitled or like you're you know patting yourself on the back. So you really need to write the captions or do the videos in a way that it's not like, hey, look at me. It's a lot of times I capture the act of kindness and you wouldn't even know that they got anything um, because it, I'm not trying to project that as much, but sometimes it's unavoidable, but you know, I, I really, I kind of try and stay, you know, below the radar for some of that stuff. So I'm trying to come out of my shell a little bit uh, cause I've given away, you know, over 200 of them, but you wouldn't know it. And that's, that's totally fine by me. So, but it's based people like baseballologists are like, no, 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 you actually you should, you should tell more people about this because it, 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 it's a positive effect on the world. Um, so I've, I've trying to, I've been working on that a little bit more this year. That's great. That's great. And I, I, a rapid I, fire question, by the way, listen, the <laughs> rapid fire questions. I don't think we've ever, I don't think they've ever been rapid fire because they always lead to something else. Yeah. And, that's uh, great. Yeah. And I, I couldn't agree more with, with the baseballologist. I, you know what you're doing and I know you're modest, you know what I mean? I know you're a humble guy. Um, but, you know, giving away 200 gloves 
is fantastic. And I know you don't want people, you don't want the attention for you or to pad your ego. And I completely understand that. But I love that I get to share this with people. Like, I feel kind of greedy. I'm like, I get to share Jay yeah, people, with everybody. You don't really know about that. I mean, that, you know, part of it is if you're going to if you're going to come to me and you're going to ask questions or if, even if you're going to follow me, I, I'd like to believe that it's for the right reason. Uh, I don't do a lot of, you know, self-promotion. Um, I'm not really good with hashtags. I just kind of just tell my story and respond to a lot of comments. And most of it happens in direct message. Uh, when people have questions about like the thing that I posted, right? So um, I'm not a social media expert or a mogul of any sort. I'm just kind of here. And I've been doing this for about five and a half years. And the followers have kind of just accumulated organically. I'm, I don't strive for um, 100,000 followers. I, I'm, I'm happy with what I have. And I'm always going to be happy with that. So if I lose 5,000 tomorrow, or if I gain 5,000 tomorrow, nothing changes. So, you know, I, I think for me, it's important that I, I keep that mindset of like these these followers are are really important to me as as individuals, not as a you know a, a quantifiable like not as a number. Mm -hmm. So there's real people behind well, a lot of them, I guess, um, except for some of those accounts, which I know aren't real people. Um, <laughs> they're too hot to be following me, really. Uh, but you know, I I just if you're going to come to me and you're going to ask questions, I don't really want to question the motives of those people. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, I, I I've really kept it you know, lower than I should. Um, but you know, the more you put it out there, more people ask for stuff and it's just, I got to get used to combating that as well. So it comes with the territory, I guess, but I'm happy to do it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, so back onto the rapid fire questions. Okay. I, I, Keep it I yes, can't no. promise. I can't promise these are going to be rapid fire either. I just, <laughs> cause it's gonna, uh, you're going to say poor, something I'm like we, we need to talk about listeners. that. You're yeah. poor <laughs> um, if you've made what, it this far in the podcast, I love you and thank you very much for following along. It, listen, these the the people who listen this far are are me and you when we were 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. This this these are the people that um their stories need to have a spotlight on it, right? A little plug for the podcast spotlight, but um you know, giving away giving away 200 gloves. That's no joke. What 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 you're doing is really, really important, and I'm I'm happy to put a spotlight on it. And that's that's the point of the show, and I'm, I people people will understand where you're coming from, it's, and I'm, I'm I'm hopefully they will take your message and spread it even further. It's great that we have these platforms. I think that that's really the other thing too is when you level up from that, it's like we're here and that you're in another part of the country, and you're not we're not like on the phone on like an old rotary phone, uh, <laughs> and we can have this conversation, we can have that reach, and. Uh, I mean, what a time to be alive. So I'm just happy to to be able to share it. And, and, and thank you for asking me to share it. So what do you got? What do you got next? Yeah, no, n nothing. What's um, what's your favorite glove all time? You personally. Um, so uh, probably of 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 all time, I I'm a huge fan of the older uh, Rawlings Heart of the Hide Pro 12 TC. Uh, it's the Ozzy Smith glove. Uh, that he was using a 12 inch uh, full trap and what was great about it is that ozzy never let them get too broken in and then he would get rid of it mm -hmm. so it was always super duper stiff and gloves aren't made the way uh, that they were back then um uh, as far as like right now in terms of like what it means to me would be this one um and this kind of goes back to the charity aspect uh this glove is uh an hk 1799 the wilson and uh, it's vintage tan, walnut, and coal. And I was actually tricked into designing this one um, by my friend Sam, my friend Jen. And they devised this elaborate scheme because I'd been doing so much charity work. And um, they got about 20 people in the glove, the baseball glove community to kind of chip in uh, to get this glove for me. And uh, it's this is my game, right? It means the absolute world to me. This is not it's not like an affirmation of what I'm doing, but it just means a ton that people recognize that I'm not looking for credit or, or adoration, um, for anything, but they saw the value that I was bringing to people and I'm not asking for anything out of it. So they decided to give me something anyway. So, um, to the 20 people and Sam Robinson and, uh, Jen McKinney, I mean, this, you know, among many others, uh, this, this glove means a lot. And it's the reason why, uh, I use it when I roam center field. So, uh, this, this is the reason why this one's, you know, at the top of the list. That's an amazing story. That is really, really. Baseball gloves really cool. have stories. 
They all have stories. doesn't matter if your father bought it for you and it was at Walmart. Uh, my first glove was a, a Rawlings um, RGB-90B. It was a 10 and a half inch basket web that came from a Pace Warehouse store. The reason why I remember that is because it, it was amazing. And it had fingers <laughs> between your signature in the, in the palm, gold stamp. Uh, it was, you know, by all, for all intents and purposes, a terrible glove, but it was ours. Mm. We only got one. So I ended up, we did like rock, paper, scissors. I ended up without the glove. Uh, so I had an old, different one. I had a Wilson ball hawk signed by Fred Lynn. Uh, but we ended Fred up going Lynn. back and getting it. Yeah, Red right? Sox, baby. Seven, you know, rookie yeah. of the year, MVP. Um, but like all those gloves, the reason why I remember that when I was a little kid is because baseball gloves tell stories. We just got to be willing to listen. And we also should be willing to to have them tell others. So this this glove just means a ton to me. And then on the uh, some other Rawlings gloves, like this one, it's another you know charity glove. This is a the uh, second version that we did for type one diabetes. Uh, this is the first one, and uh, we have the third one here, which we did, uh, and we're, we just got approved by Rawlings for a fourth. So we're going to be raising more money uh, using baseball gloves for type one diabetes and. Um, I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be able to, to do that for people. Uh, and, you know, we sell these gloves in small batches and they've all sold out and I'm super happy for everybody that's bought one. And, uh, you know, it's just been a, just a hell of a ride. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. And they're, I mean, they're beautiful gloves too. They're not, they're not like a charity glove where it's not like a gorgeous glove. Those are beautiful no, gloves. No, we too. got, and the thing is the, the benefit is we get, you know, the people that I'm working with, Ryan Farrar and Lindsay Neighbor out of Rawlings, like we get pro department gloves. So we're getting, we're able to put features on there that you wouldn't be able to get retail. Uh, and the benefit of that is we also keep, I set the price point and it's always at regular retail or just below. Mm. So there's an access thing that I care about. Like I want everybody, I don't care about like, I don't want a bigger check for the, for type one diabetes. I want a bigger impact for the gloves themselves. So I don't care if it's the difference between $4,000 and $5,000 to me for charity is, is negligible. If we get more gloves out there and more people have access to them, that's really what matters. So the more we sell, the better off we are. Um, but I keep the price as low as humanly possible because I just want people to enjoy them. So that's the big thing. And I'm, I'm very thankful for, for all the companies that I've worked with over the years that have been involved. All of them have been involved to, to one extent or another uh, and back companies as well. So really like, I'm really just happy to be here and be able to have this platform to educate people that people recognize that too, whether it be individuals or companies or you, like it just means a ton. So I'm every opportunity that exists. I'm thankful for it. Always. That's great. That's amazing. Another good uh, rapid fire question. I told you they're, they're <laughs> never rapid fire. <laughs> um, but I guess I have, I have two more and these, okay. these will be a little, I mean, We'll, we'll, we'll see, see what you got. Yeah, but, that's um, right. A little bit more generic questions, but I, okay. I love hearing people's answers with this. If you could give your 16-year-old self advice, what would it be? Don't be so hard on yourself. I would say, you know, I worked really hard uh, on the field and in the classroom, and um, I was a good student and a good athlete, and I, I think that I always – thought that I knew what I wanted out of life. And, uh, you know, my wife, when she was 12, she said that she wanted to be a corporate lawyer. And lo and behold, she's one of the best corporate lawyers in the country. For me, I think that I thought that I had, you know, all this discipline build up, built up. And I was kind of laser focused on being uh, a chemistry teacher. And I thought that that's what I wanted to do for a long time. Uh, and I think that I may have missed opportunities to really explore what I wanted to be, uh, even in high school, um, and kind of took my youth a little bit for granted there. So, you know, I, I would definitely say like, yes, this is the one life you get, but please try and enjoy it as much as, as you can, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a, it's just a test. It's just a, it's just one strikeout. You don't need to be so hard on yourself because, you know, you get that education, you get to play baseball. And I think that leveling your mind up to that point where it's like, I'm just thankful to be here to be able to do these things. Right. Because a lot of people can't, and they won't have those opportunities. So I'm thankful for all the sacrifices that my parents made for my brother and I. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, I, I think that, yeah, I think that I probably wouldn't take myself so seriously. And I think that I'd probably have a little bit more fun back in those days, especially at 16. 
Yeah. I think I was still working at Chuck E. Cheese, so my definition of fun was a little bit warped. So, <laughs> so also your 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 advice would be maybe not work at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I mean, look, but that's the thing though. I, not to segue off that or tangent off that, but like that was a really good job because you get mm-hmm. to promote that kindness. Because I used to play skee ball, really. I was really got really good at it. And what I would do is I'd wait until that last ball where I'd set the high score, where like a thousand tickets are gonna get you know spit out of the thing. And I'd put like a four, I'd like a four or five year old kid. I'd be like, Hey kid, stand here. And I'd throw the ball and I'd walk away. And this whole thing would go off and I'd make sure that I'm, you know, giving out tokens. And like, you know, when people are coming up with all their tickets, I would put like tokens at the bottom of the the thing. So it looked like they were heavier so they could get a better prize. And like you do stuff like that and you have the opportunity to just kind of game the system, maybe sort of steal stuff, whatever. It's not a big deal. It's just Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> it's past the, um, the, 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 the limitations. Yeah, you're you're good. Fine. You're in the clear. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like that's when you, you you have an opportunity to work on yourself and to be that kind person every day. And I got a chance to do that even working at Chuck E. Cheese. Now, when I'm in the suit, that has nothing to do with kindness because I hated being in that suit uh, a lot. So every, every four <laughs> hours, you got to be in it for 30 minutes. It's called a walkabout. Uh, and it sucked because... A lot of the older kids are just throwing balls at you. Almost got fired for taking my hands off, like the the mouse hands off and yeah. throwing them back at the kids. So, which I'm sure was terrifying for the kids there too. They're I mean, like, that mouse more, just took their well, hands what's off. What's more terrifying than an animatronic rodent singing and blinking with his weird friends anyway? So, <laughs> you know, if that doesn't scare you, then me taking off showing human hands isn't going to be the deal breaker. But you you know, there's opportunities to work on kindness every day, and even at Chuck E. Cheese, you st- you can still do it. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it sounds like you've been doing this way before gloves and you said it, it yeah. doesn't obviously just have to be baseball and it shouldn't just be baseball. It should be everything, which is amazing. Um, but I guess my last question is if you, if, if there was a billboard and it could reach billions of people, everybody to get your message out, nothing commercial, um, you know, what would the billboard say and why? Uh, the billboard would say to have courage and be kind. I think that it's not always easy to be kind to other people, but it's always right. I think that uh, it's at times it feels like it's very difficult because again, we're very, you know, me centric, whether it's because of social media or just, you know, school, right? School is incredibly difficult. And when you're, you put you're layering athletics and academics and, you know, your social scene, um, and there's pressure, pressure, pressure uh, everywhere. And it's very difficult to just look externally and then sometimes do something nice for somebody else. Uh, so, and sometimes it does take courage to stand up and put some of those things on the shelf or take an hour out of your day and go and volunteer somewhere else or to spend your time in doing something different to help other people. So, uh, I mean, my kind of, my thing is I say, stay grassy, right? And I've, over the years, that's kind of turned into by definition to have courage and be kind. So, um, you know, don't, don't take a, a single moment for granted out there and, uh, and be nice to one another. Amazing, man. I think that's a great place to leave off. And, uh, and I do just, I want to turn the mic over to you. Um, I, I want everybody that's, that's listening to this to go, go follow Jay, go support what he's doing, support, um, you know, Sam Fultz T1D camp. Um, you can find all the information at, at Jay's, uh, Instagram account at pickle the beast four one seven. Um, but yeah, Mike, Mike's yours. I mean, what, wh- this is your time for call to action. What do you want people to do? Where can people follow you? Where can people learn more? And, uh, what do you want to leave them with? I, I mean, I think that, I mean, if you, if you haven't figured it out by now, uh, I, I do believe in the power of, uh, random acts of kindness for people that you don't know. Um, my primary focus on social media is baseball gloves and educating people on baseball gloves, but I have a concentration in kindness and, and charitable donating and, uh, I know a lot about baseball gloves. I've been studying them my entire life. Uh, so if you have any questions on those, I'd be happy to answer them. Um, but that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, my philosophy, my ethos throughout the duration of this podcast has kind of come through. So, you know, if you've picked up on that, then I don't really, I don't think that anything else needs to be said. Um, I'm not a perfect human being, but um, I work every day to be a good person for somebody. <laughs> so, and not just like my kids and my wife. It's not... You know, a lot of people say, and I do believe in what baseball just says about, you know, get 1% better, but I, every day, but I also think it's okay if you don't, I think if you constantly are trying to push forward to the best of your ability, then that's really what matters. Um, 
And like I said before, you're not going to be anywhere but where your feet are. And, you know, you need to have your eyes toward the future, but you need to remain in the present. It's so important that you don't get down on yourself. Uh, if you need anything, you know, I, I've struggled with mental health issues as well. So if there's anything out there that you're struggling with, either on the field or in the classroom, come and ask me. It doesn't have to be, you know, baseball glove related or baseball related. It's just me life related, man. What's up? I'll talk to you. It's fine. Um, I'm available day or night. So, you know, that's that's pretty much all I got. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me, Josh. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Bye. It's good, man. Stay grassy. Stay grassy. Thank you for listening to Spotlight by Blake Cray. And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Until next time, take care.